Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Vasilios Nassis with Netronics. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is also sponsored by CheapTranscription.io. Cheap Transcription offers 10 cent per minute transcriptions using our happy robots or 85 cents per minute using our human assistants. CheapTranscription.io is cheaper and faster than everyone else. CheapTranscription.io. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Okay. Anyway. All right. So we're going to uh, we're going to be talking about IoT uh, today. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. That, so this is uh, this is this is interesting. So we're uh, we were just talking about uh, your background in IoT. Uh, why don't you go through a little bit about what you're doing over at Netronics and uh, and how this all came about? Yeah, so uh, Netronics is an A to Z platform, Internet of Things uh, platform that uh, today enables anything from a startup all the way to Fortune 500 companies to bring their ideas uh, from concept to reality uh, in as little as one month around mm-hmm. products and services. So the whole thing started, uh, you know, beginning of 2000 uh, when uh, essentially I witnessed the whole uh, explosion of uh, uh, cellular phones and how cellular phones brought people together and changed the way people communicated. So so that time, I realized it was a matter of time, essentially, before things, objects started communicating the same way and became part of a larger ecosystem. So, so I started working on this idea on developing an IoT platform. And why an IoT platform? Because um, you know, in the history of technology, we have seen that when there is a platform, there is evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we saw that, for instance, the, evolu- the, the revolution that uh, uh, Microsoft created by introducing DOS and Windows. Uh, computers existed before that, but they really didn't go anywhere uh, up until there was a platform that enabled people to use them. So so I kind of wanted to do the same in IoT. So therefore, um, I want to develop a platform like Microsoft did, uh, but for the IoT space, but using a flavor of Apple, where uh, Apple now, it was the company that showed us uh, how to build products that really work out of the box and kind of uh, be doing the thinking for you providing you with a complete solution. So Mm -hmm. putting those two elements together and about 10 years of work, uh, today uh, we are at the phase where we have the third generation of our IoT platform, which comprises of embedded hardware, cloud, and uh, tools such as interfaces and APIs that enable you to bring any idea from concept to market, um, as I said earlier, in as little as one month. Um, and uh, in, all in all, what it does, it, it cuts down the cost of development and time to market of new ideas. Again, whether you're a startup or a Fortune 500, by over 80%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so in your in your work, uh, I mean, you've been looking at this for quite a while. So. What major changes have you seen in IoT uh, over the past, uh, I guess, almost decade, right? Yeah. Well, 
you know, uh, think about this, the one we started uh, back in 2008, essentially. Um, and, and I started pitching the whole idea of IoT, and I thought that uh, people would just follow me blindly on this path. Uh, it, it was uh, the idea of, you know, first of all, people were, were saying, why would somebody trust their data mm-hmm. on a third-party um, server? So that was like the big culture change, okay? Mm-hmm. So secondly, it was, uh, you know, people didn't want to pay for services. I mean, think about everything in IoT. It's uh, almost like uh, software, as we call here in electronics, things as a service. Meaning that now you're not just buying something, uh, you actually have to pay some subscription because this thing needs to be, you know, somebody needs to monitor the whole operation in some cloud server. So people didn't want to pay for these subscriptions. Uh, so in the past 10 years, essentially what we have seen is that people now trust third-party services, uh, mainly because they cannot do anything without them. Uh, secondly, is they are willing to pay for these subscriptions, uh, those service fees, simply because it enables them to have the right solution for the right application with a lower cost of entry. Okay, so so now they don't have to buy this very expensive piece of equipment, mm-hmm. and you know thousands of dollars. They can pay only a couple hundred bucks, you know, and just a small subscription per month, and use it, you know, for as long as they want to. Okay, very cool. Um, what do you think is the? Uh, do you think we're going to get to uh, smarter devices? Are we going to be are going to be kind of stuck in this? Uh, um, almost like a dumb device that basically has an internet connection, or are there going to be smarter devices that are uh, that are that are going to compress knowledge and, and intelligence into them? Well, look, uh, absolutely, uh, and this is what we have been working here in uh, you know in electronics. Uh, you see, because people like to follow trends mm-hmm. and, and um, buzzwords. Uh, okay, so everything all of a sudden became uh, IoT and AI and machine learning. And literally, if you take most of the products on the market, uh, more than 98% of them that they claim to be IoT ready and uh, AI and all of these uh, cool words, uh, they don't even meet the basic standards to qualify for something like that. So in other words, you know, we, they call AI, but essentially what you, you know, they refer to AI, but essentially what they have built is dog smart devices. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Meaning do this. Okay. Uh, Well, I don't want a device that just does that. And I have to, to, to express 10 commands to do something that will take me as a human, just a second. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, so people, Although they found that cool a couple of years ago, now they start being tired of it. So mm-hmm. we're looking more on a more complete uh, and comprehensive way of looking at things um, that actually using human intelligence rather than dog intelligence. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's the uh, what is what does human intelligence look like in that in that respect? Well, I'll tell you, uh, one of the applications, for instance, um, uh, one of the companies that has been uh, developed uh, based on our platform, that they can bring products into the market based on our platform, uh, is Earth 
things. Uh, Airthings is the first uh, indoor and soon to soon to be uh, also the the, the the company that has outdoor air quality monitoring devices. Mm-hmm. So they are professionally rated, uh, I mean professionally graded uh, type of uh, devices, but they are used uh, also by individuals like you and I, okay, um, by the everyday person. So, so if we look at um, even Siri, okay, we, we can say, you know, uh, how's the air quality or this and that, and it will give you a number. Well, that mm-hmm. number is absolutely nothing, okay? Uh, it doesn't tell you how it's measured. It doesn't tell you where it was collected, and it doesn't tell you, it's it just a piece of information that it's actually completely useless. Mm-hmm. Um, now, everything's work has done is it does, is, is able to, to do air quality monitoring in your space, whether that is your office, uh, whether that is your bedroom or your living room or whatever. And then it's able to, based on these measurements, to control the HVAC, let's say, in your space accordingly. So it can optimize the air quality, not only from uh, heating and ventilation, but also from purification and so on. Uh, in a way that it's optimum for you, okay? By you defining what is comfortable. Hmm. Defining, you know, what is not comfortable. So you see, as humans, we are analog devices. So if I were to tell you right now, how do you feel in your space? You know, you may have said to me that, uh, hey, I feel cold or I feel warm or I feel fine. Well, you're not telling me I feel 73 degrees. (laughs) <laughs> okay yep so uh so now the i feel fine if i put air things in your space that i feel fine that you say it actually it has number derivatives behind it meaning temperature can be 74 degrees humidity can be 55 degrees co2 level in that space can be 560 ppm so in other words i can have 10 parameters that they are associated with this fine word that you said, okay? Okay. So Mm -hmm. I can convert, in other words, your qualitative information to quantitative. And I can try to always maintain this this quantitative uh, environment so it can meet your qualitative desire, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, so that is what I take the, you know, the algorithm and the AI can actually create a human smart, you know, system environment rather than a dog smart that where you say, um, you know, uh, hey Google or, um, you know, hey Siri, set the thermostat to 73 degrees. That's the dog smart. The other one is the human smart. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, so it's more like a uh, it's 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 a fuzzy thinking sort of situation, right? Instead of a uh, instead of well, non yeah. fuzzy, I guess you could say. In the sense that a system evolves and learns from you, rather than you have to feed instructions, it can learn from you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, very cool. All right. What is uh? What is what is the gear in our pockets uh going to look like in twenty years? You guys are you guys are kind of at the cutting edge of of uh, manufacturing this kind of stuff. What do we What do you expect to see? 
I, I'm sorry. What is the question again? What, 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 what do you think about the uh, the gear in our pockets? What uh, what's going to change about the gear that we carry around with us right now? You know, I I think the that gear is going to become smaller and perhaps perhaps may not even have a screen. Um, you know, there is a lot of work right now. I think you know, for the past ten years, smartphones uh, showed us how to use a screen. Uh, but now this thing has gotten a little bit overpopulated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in other words, we are almost, uh, we have reached a saturation point where that screen has become the keyboard setup that we had up until 2007. Yeah, you know? So we start going to a sort of like a BlackBerry era of smartphones. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so, so, you know, a lot of the research right now, and uh, it's happening on, how can those systems actually think for you, uh, as I explained to you earlier, with our things, rather than you have to give instructions continuously? Um, so, so you know, they're going to look more like an Apple Watch rather than uh, an iPhone, uh, you know, XS or whatever that is, the big one. Yeah, yeah. so that's actually an interesting point. So basically, you're, you're saying that the, the screen has replaced the keyboard. But the interaction is still happening to a degree that's uh, almost kind of like unacceptable. It's yes, like there's 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 too much interaction with this screen now. There is way too much interaction with the screen right now, and uh, you know it almost has gotten to the point that you know at some point we were able to move from the computer to the smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I feel that there is again a transition from the smartphone to the computer because the phone just got a little bit too complicated. Hmm. Okay. You know, so you can you can do so much. You think that you can do a lot with the phone, and you can, but uh, you have put way too much hope on the phone, and now you're saying, okay, well, uh, I better jump back on the computer because now this thing got a little bit too complicated. <clears throat> How do you manage interfaces uh, for these new new devices? Well, this is where you need to show. This is where the platform comes into place because really, what you need to do is, you know, you need to have a, a solid infrastructure to manage data flow, and that that's where the electronics has really focused a lot. Okay, on the data flow and actually how to maintain that data flow securely. Mm-hmm. Right? Something that IoT, for instance, didn't uh, deal with that. And most of the companies that they claim to be IoT companies don't haven't dealt with that. That's why you see hacking now happening, you know, even from, uh, you know, uh, a printer at the office. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and actually there was a case like that just a week or so ago uh, for a large company. So interfaces, they, they have to change and the interfaces have to change based on how are you going to interact with the device or with a service that they, you know, based on uh, what means are you going to use? Meaning, uh, am I going to use a watch? Am I going to use a phone? Or am I going to use a computer? So if you have a solid infrastructure, then you are able to have solutions for all the three, you know. So which means that I will do certain things from the phone. I will do certain other things from the watch. I will do certain other things from the web. So... Uh, so knowing your audience, you are able to quickly adapt and, uh, you know, to, to with uh, the most appropriate UI and uh, UX. So this way you can optimize 
um, the interaction. And the same way, when I say optimize, meaning minimize that interaction. So the mm -hmm. system can do its job and you can do your job and you can coexist and have the system working for you rather you working for the system. Okay, very cool. Uh, where can people find out about uh, what you're working on right now? So uh, people can visit us on uh, netronics.io, N-E-T-R-O-N-I-X.io. Uh, -E and uh, over there, they will be able to learn about the platform, but also visit, uh, there is a link over there to Netronics Ventures, where Netronics Ventures is uh, an accelerator that we have built in Netronics. And it's, it's actually very interesting because it's a non-conventional uh, accelerator. Um, you know, <laughs> up until like... Uh, few years ago, or actually up until now, we are all based on this idea, and especially all these all these founders of technology companies, that you have to become billionaire by the age of 40. Mm -hmm. okay? Otherwise, you have no chance. As a matter of fact, I'm 40, and I'm not a billionaire, and it sucks. But, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, though, what we see now is that in this new era of IoT, um, and, and specifically us, where we have a platform, many times, we, we, for especially the past couple of years, has becoming almost on a weekly basis, uh, you know, I shall say, that you have these vice presidents or directors or, uh, or, you know, CEOs of previous companies that will come to us and say, you know what, if I take this product that I've been working on or that I have been selling, you know, for the past 10, 20 years, and now I put an IoT flavor to it. I can completely disrupt my industry. Mm -hmm. So, so Netronics Ventures, uh, the accelerator, what it did is it created a home for the essentially forty plus executives that uh, they already have the the network of people in their in their respective industries, and now they come to the accelerator and we can turn their ideas into reality in as little six months. Okay. So AirThings, actually the company I was just talking to you about, about air quality, it came out of this accelerator. Uh, another cool company that is coming out uh, next month is um, DryQ, uh, a diaper monitoring system for nursing homes and hospitals that came from doctors. So, uh, you know, in other words, by having people that know their respective industries and by you giving them that help to convert their ideas in an IoT space, um, miracles can happen. Okay, so so all of those companies they turn profitable in less than twelve months with only hundred or two hundred thousand dollars investment, which is nothing. Hmm. Interesting. All right, very cool. All right, so we'll send folks over there so they can uh, sign up and uh, and go work with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can <laughs> uh, they can uh, they can visit and see. The real stories, you know, uh, you know, uh, we tell our story uh, through uh, the success stories of others. All right, very cool. Thank you for joining us on Technotopia. Uh, this has been a, uh, it's been pretty interesting. Thank you, John. Appreciate your time. All right, thank you. Perfect, guys. That's all. That's all it is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, we'll, you know, your audience will find it very useful, uh, and uh, we'll get. By Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. 
Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com.